competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 470. Mr. Samich. Belmont. Huzzah! Boom! There we go. Good evening, Bree. Good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is for you. If you're listening on replay, hell, it could be uh, could be morning. Good morning to you as well. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good to see you here for the Magic Mike Show. Uh, I mean, easy one for us uh, as far as the shows go, because all we're going to do, Mike, is we're talking about... Horses we've been following for the last six plus months <laughs> on this Triple Crown Trail. Belmont Stakes is this weekend, this Saturday, June 10th, and we have the post draw will be live tomorrow, Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch the post draw on the Naira app, on the, the Naira feed. You can also do it on the Naira YouTube page. If you're going to watch that, just put it on mute, put it in one window, put us in a sidebar because, of course, your favorite dudes are going to be live covering the post draw as well. So uh, that's 8.30 in the morning for you and I, buddy. So get, get that coffee brewing early. Yeah, got to get up and get going, baby. Got to do something on a Tuesday morning. What else would you want except for a post position draw for the Belmont, which they should have drawn already so that we could talk about it. Uh, we, can, I mean, we can talk about it, obviously. But like... You look over Friday's card. I just texted the, the Racing Dudes group. Uh, the late pick five is phenomenal. I don't know if you've actually like started to dig into Friday's card yet, but it closes with back-to-back turf sprints, which are both like really, really good races. But, oh, my God, the grade one New York, the eighth race on the card, second in the pick five sequence, it drew. Like, this is – you've got Shantasara in here. Dadia's coming back in this spot. Market segmentation. Virginia Joy, McCulloch, Warlake Goddess. With the moonlight, I just – phenomenal field for the grade one new york it just really nice job by belmont to get good quality horses and you're not going to see like those six to five shots in some of these stakes races they're very 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 well balanced as well so looking forward to the belmont friday card i'm excited to see the saturday one as well from everything we've seen it should be pretty solid too but the late pick five specifically on friday just looks awesome yeah, you brought up the New York, and by the way, you're welcome for not making you do that preview for us at RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. But uh, you look at the field for that race, uh, the New York, uh, and you talked about World Like Goddess. This is going to be the second hardest field she's ever faced in her career. The hardest being the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf uh, from 2021. Um, I'd say this is harder than possible. Well, okay, she was in the Breeders' Cup Turf last year, so maybe the third hardest field. But definitely the hardest non-Breeders' Cup field. This could be... A Breeders' Cup field because you have some international horses and Chad Brown is, is loaded. Um, the Just a Game, that's probably going to be just a Chad Brown horse that wins yeah. that race. Uh, that's early on the card Friday. Only five horses. Superstars, but you're not getting this the deep field here. I mean, where I'm going with this, Mike, we love War Like Goddess. I don't think she's winning the New York, man. That is, that is ooh, especially if she's going to be a short price. I think you got to try and beat her. You kind of buried the lead, too. It's going to be the shortest distance, a mile and a quarter, she's going since her debut, going a mile and an eighth, too. So she's <laughs> she, like, we're cutting back big time in distance for Warlike Goddess, who's been dominated a mile and a half. Uh, so she's doing something new here while also trying to defeat one of the toughest fields she's ever faced. Uh, you're, you're right. She probably will be a short price. I shouldn't said no one would be six to five. But no one that you're really excited about singling is going to be six to five. We'll put it that way. She's one of those, she's one of those horses where, yeah, totally pro probably the best chance to win the race, but will not be properly priced to do so. 
the uh, uh, Curtis Manlow saying in the chat, remember last year we were all mad because Belmont weekend was nothing but short fields. Yeah, that's not happening this time. <laughs> we got uh, for Friday's any indication of Saturday. And, and uh, uh, Carl Ramrod says, shame that Met Mile didn't turn out to be as grand. Well, first of all, we haven't drawn the field yet. That'll be tomorrow. I think that that's still going to be a really great race. You're not going to have Taba, but you're still going to have Cody's Wish in there. You're going to have Charge It in there. There's going to be a lot of big-name horses. Uh, Dr. Scheibel is going to be shipping from California for that race. His second start in a year and a half, it almost. So, you know, a long time off for that horse. But he looked fantastic coming back in his last start. So, yeah, it, the Met Mile, to me, this is like the one of the best stallion-making races uh, of the entire American racing uh, calendar. It's right up there. The Malibu, as far as restricted three-year-old races go, that's always one where you look at the winner and what they've done in the future, and you go, shit, that's, that was a good... Yeah, of course, yeah, there's a stallion there and there and there. So, uh, I'm excited. We're not going to have Taba, um, which, you know, whether you wanted to beat him or try and use him, you're not going to have that star power there. But still going to be a lot of great horses for the Met Mile, too. Yeah, it should be a phenomenal race. Uh, you forgot White Barrio was going to be there as well uh, in the Dutro stable, I believe it is now. Yep. Uh, an interesting choice. Uh, so White Barrio will be there as well. Uh, yeah, losing table hurts from a star power perspective, but it probably makes it a better betting race. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of people are probably going to be in on Cody's wish, but Taba probably would have been the favorite in that spot. Uh, it would have been an interesting race to see the two bang heads. Now you're going to see Cody's Wish is a pretty heavy favorite there, but still a pretty good field lining up against him. We'll see if he's able to continue the dominance that we've, he's shown. Yeah, Kevin brings up the acorn. You've got um, so many heavy hitters from that race. Let me pull up the field real quick for that because I know Pretty Mischievous, the Kentucky Oaks winner, she's going to be uh, in that spot. Nope, I went the wrong direction. I was like, wow, there's also eligible. So there's eight three-year-old fillies for this, and it's a one-turn mile in the 16th. You've got Darth Vader, who's now with George Weaver. Um, I think mostly because the trainer, Michael Yates, I, I'm going to guess he doesn't have a New York license. He's a Florida, he's very much a Florida trainer, so he probably just doesn't have a New York license. But um, Frosty O'Toole going to try and rebound for Todd Pletcher. Occult's in there. Uh, uh, Talk about pretty much but money's gold. Um, it's well, Irad's going to have to really make up for that ride last time out. But uh, so many interesting fillies in here, too. And, and you know that Pretty Mischievous, the the wedding was the Kentucky Oaks. This is maybe the honeymoon. I think it's definitely going to look like a funeral situation here. It's going to be tough for me to bet her, considering I did not have her in the Oaks. I mean, that, that makes it a lot more difficult. Who's the Colts in there? Uh, no, it's I'll call it. Shut up, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, watch out for the Dutch Row Magic on uh, uh, on White Barrio there too. So uh, we'll find out. But yeah, uh, oh, that's right. That, I knew there was another one. for getting Repo Rocks and, and uh... good old Jamie Ness. Good old Jamie. <sighs> ah, Ness. Damn it, Curtis! Don't don't bring gotta, down. I got to bring the Magic down. <laughs> uh, but hey, we're like I said, we're going to be talking about the Belmont Stakes, the contenders. Uh, we did have a scratch about an hour ago. We found out Race Keen is going to scratch from that. Going to the Matt Win is I forget who said it earlier, but. Um, He's going to be scratching. There it is. Race King going to the Matt Wynn instead of the Belmont. Apparently, his connections need one more start before they realize he's a one-turn horse. Uh, if it was held at, at Churchill Downs, well, then, no, that's still two turns. but a mile 16th. At least at Ellis Park, they made it an, a mile and an eighth now, uh, which is not going to help Race King necessarily. But Ellis Park's got that short run in the first turn at a mile and 16th. And at a mile, it's like a three-quarters turn and then a turn. Yeah, so it's at least a better setup here. And you, my friend, you get to do the preview for us at racingnews.com as well. So that'll be out for Sunday's feature at uh, Churchill at the Big E, the Big L. Can we call it the Big L? I like that. I, I'm considering just boycotting CDI in, in general. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. I, I like Ellis, really. I just, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to not pick Raise Kane in that race, too. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. But that's that's really going out on the ledge there. Uh, Disarm is aiming for that, uh, which is interesting. They were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to wait for Saratoga. Shit. No, we're going to go to this race right here. Okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Raise Kane, the Woody Stevens. That's part of Saturday's car. Listen, we got tons of great races. There's uh, six grade one races on Saturday at Belmont. Three of them, they're Breeze Cup winning your ends, including the Met Mile. So uh, lots of fun. Two fills. He is waiting for the summer. They're, I think that's smart. They're taking their time with him. They're not pushing him too hard for this race right now. He'll be, probably, I would guess, Jim Dandy Travers is what they do with him. I don't think they go Haskell Travers. It's either Haskell or the Jim Dandy, and then Travers the long-term goal. Assuming the Travers is the long-term goal, I'd expect it to be the Jim Dandy. I don't think two fills really wants a mile and a half either. I don't think this was the best spot for him. So I, I agree with the decision to leave him out of the Belmont here. Ohio Derby. Yeah, we'll, we'll be covering him for the uh, the fourth anniversary. Wait, fourth, fifth? How long have we been doing this? 2018, yes. 19, 20, 21, 22, yes. 5th anniversary. Hey, we got to do something special yeah. for that. It's always the Ohio Derby show, too. So, uh, uh, Bishop's we're, Bay. We're older than my kid. Matt Wynn as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he's going on that one. So, uh, should be an interesting race. We'll see if he gets the lead and coughs it up in deep stretch like he did last time out. To a horse we're about to talk about here that's going to be in the Belmont Stakes. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Yeah, it was definitely me trying to do a remix, Kevin, and not me hitting the damn wrong. But I just as I talk about, we're about to be our fifth anniversary, and I'm still, yeah, keeping you on your toes. That that's exactly what I was doing. Thanks for that. Uh, here we go on the screen right now. You see the table. Um, hasn't uh, I don't know normal. why the website's being a dick and not updating for me right now. Ray's Kane is out. But we're gonna go through and talk about these horses. We'll start with the Arkansas Derby winner, the Risen Star Stakes winner. Somehow the favorite for the Kentucky Derby because Forte scratched out of it and Mattress Mac made sure Angel of Empire would be your favorite. Finished third in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, what do you think about his chances for the Belmont Stakes here, Mike? I think he's a legit contender. Uh, Derby was a really good race. I, I, he just kind of got beat to the hole consistently by Mage when you go back and watch the replay. thought he ran really well, was able to close ground well. Should like the mile and a half distance. Should be a little bit closer to the pace on Saturday, which is probably a positive for Angel of Empire as well. Uh, we've seen him be able to close into a ridiculously fast pace. We have seen him be able to sit mid-pack and close into a reasonable pace. So no reason to think Angel of Empire isn't going to run well on Saturday. He's got the the uh, ability to close into whatever kind of a pace scenario. There's. Now, granted, he had um, he had a very favorable pace set up in the Kentucky Derby, but you're right, Mage beat him to every hole. Uh, just showing off his athleticism, Mage was in that spot. Uh, we'll talk about pace a little bit for the Belmont. It's 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 hard to figure out what kind of a pace setup it's going to be. We still need to see the post positions. It's kind of feeling, if I had to compare it between the Derby versus the Preakness, it's feeling a lot more like the Preakness in terms of the pace. But that's also because we're going to be now at, at most a field of nine for this as opposed to 20 for the Derby and a bunch of you know knucklehead horses and, and the people riding them in the Kentucky Derby. But uh, you know, Angel of Empire, I've got the Arkansas Derby replay up here. You know, if Fabian Price is going to ride him, he should be able to sit a really great stalking trip and sit mid-pack, maybe uh, maybe slightly farther than mid-pack back, but don't don't get too far back. Pratt's such a smart rider, and he's he's had uh, he had all of last year at Belmont Park and on the Naira circuit to really get a feel for how to time things on the dirt course because it is the longest dirt stretch, or second longest dirt stretch in North America, um, and that turn is so wide, and you you cannot hit the button too quickly on him, so. 
Here you see in the Arkside Derby, he got a perfectly timed move, goes right to the front and just completely draws off. Um, is he a win contender? You think thinking more hit the board. Where do you see him? I think he's got to be a win contender. I mean, what was so impressive about this Arkansas Derby is everyone got a good trip. And a lot of the preps, you did not see that. You, you didn't see every single horse in the race get what they wanted with a reasonable pace. So the, the horses that were more forwardly placed weren't in, in, behind the eight ball. The horses who were trying to close weren't behind the eight ball in slow paces. This Arkansas Derby was, hey, everyone got their trip and Angel of Empire romped on them. So that to me is one of the more impressive preps. It was really one of the reasons I was high in Angel of Empire going into the Derby. I think Angel of Empire can win this race. Um, the pace, obviously, is, is going to be important here. Um, the National Treasure, probably going to set it again. Not sure he wants a mile and a half. Not sure he's going to be able to go as slow as he went in the Preakness. So we'll see what happens there. But I think Angel of Empire probably sits mid-pack to forwardly placed and has a big shot in the race. Next up, Archangelo, a uh, kind of a later developing horse in terms of the, you know, he missed the Kentucky Derby trails, uh, didn't go to any prep races, in fact, he didn't break his maiden until I, was it April or, or March. It was uh, it was quite late in the program for him. But uh, you know he is by Arrogate. Arrogate really peaked in the started to peak in the summer of his three year old year, and that's when we really saw the best of him was in the Traverse Stakes. So uh, I'll pull up the Peter Pan Stakes uh, victory for him if I hit the right button here. Uh, again, this was a, a one turn race. It's a mile and an eighth at Belmont Park, so it's a very long shoot, and then the back stretch there. Um, I did a video about it, youtube.com slash racing dudes. You can go check it out, kind of comparing him to Tonalist, who was the last horse to complete the Peter Pan Belmont sweep in 2014. Before that, you got to go all the way back to 92 when AP Indy did it. And we all know AP Indy, uh, champion on and off the track. Archangelo, is, as much as that, it'd be great to see, you know, he, he is progressing. And Jenna Antonucci seems like a, a very fantastic, good horsewoman uh, who really takes care of the, of the animals and does right by them. I just don't know that he's ready to do this because this is a you've got a lot of good horses from the Kentucky Derby showing up in this race, Mike. Yeah, this is a, a question of just how high the ceiling is this early in his career, right? It's just not as 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 seasoned as some of these others. Um, I thought he ran really well here in the 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 um, the Peter Pan. He's going to be a price, which makes it a little more intriguing as well. This is not going to be one of your shorter price horses. And there is upside. So I don't think you can completely chuck. I'm not sure if I would put all the way up into the legitimate contender category, but not a horse I would ignore either. No, I, th I think he has a great chance to, uh, like Kevin B. just said, you know, hit the board entry. Yeah, he's a legitimate contender. I just, if this race was like maybe an, even a month later, two months later, just... He's he's developing well. This might just be a touch too much too soon for him with all of the seasoned horses that are going to be coming in here. Um, but he was, uh, you know, like Curtis Manlow said, he was dead game in this race. You also, from a flip side, you can play devil's advocate to that, Mike. Bishop's Bay right here, you're good. he's got the lead. Bishop's Bay had every reason to win this race. He's going to take it again. He's going to almost kind of re-break right there. He's got the lead. He's in front by a half a length, three quarters of a length. And then he got bored, and he's kind of a knucklehead. And right there, Archangelo came back. So was I guess my question for you is, was that more that Archangelo was game and won it, or did Bishop's Bay kind of give it up? Probably a little bit of both. But, I mean, if you look at the two of them, Bishop, Bishop's Bay probably had an advantage being on the lead there. Um, they still went 12 seconds in the final furlong, which is a, a good time at the end mm -hmm. of that race. Uh, and I like the fact that Archangelo was 10 to 1 in the morning line that day and bet all the way down to 5 to 2. The, the word was out that this horse was going to run a good race and dug in there. And I, I don't think you can take anything away from him 
because Bishop's Bay is a little goofy? Because I think Bishop's Bay is still a very good horse. So I, I think that he was against it from a pace perspective. He was against it from a trip perspective. He's four wide around that second turn. Um, and he's less experienced than Bishop's Bay. So I'm not going to knock him because Bishop's Bay got a little goofy. I think they both dug in pretty well here. And I would even argue that Archangelo may have gotten a little lazy when he took the lead. And you kind of mm -hmm. saw Bishop's Bay come back and say, like, oh, crap, I got to keep running. Yep. And that's when he kind of spurted back forward. But again, 12 seconds for that final furlong. Uh, pretty solid. A win over the track. That's a positive. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to like Archangelo. It's just, is it too much too soon is really the big question with him. You want a crazy stat? Uh, that was a mile and an eighth stakes race that he won. He's still never gone two turns. So we don't know what this horse can do with two turns. You've kind of got that figure for him. Uh, but based off of the way that uh, I've seen a lot of morning lines and, and Ray's cane being scratched, um, you're not going to see uh, a, a huge odd shift with him being out of it. So you should get double digits, I would assume. With If you look at the horses that are on the screen, your Angel of Empire, Forte, uh, National Treasure, Red Route 1, even hit show maybe off of his derby effort, you're probably going to get like 10, 12 to 1 on him, you think? I would expect double digits. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get like 30 to 1, but I, I do think you're going to see him be one of the, what I'll call, uh, lower tier, longer shot horses, right? I, I mean, I think you're probably sitting at 10 to 15 to 1, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so if you like Archangelo, especially if you're looking for a horse that, you know, if you like Two of the three short prices here, Angel of Empire, Forte, National Treasure. And you're looking for someone to sprinkle underneath will be a long, longer odds. I think Archangelo uh, is a good horse to go with. Let's take a watch now. Uh, we'll watch your Kentucky Derby winner and your Kentucky Derby morning line favorite, Forte and Mage Battle uh, in the Florida Derby here. Um, Forte is back. Uh, all systems seem to be go. The, they're, you know that they're watching this horse very, very closely uh, because of the foot issue he had for the scratch by the Kentucky Derby. What do you do with Forte? We haven't seen him in, this will be two months. You know, he was ready to go, it seemed like, for the Derby. He was working steadily, but he hasn't raced in two months, Mike. Be really interested to see what the price on Forte is. Um, you would think he's going to be the favorite, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would expect that he's the shortest price. I'm not positive that's actually going to happen. I mean, this Mage's Derby flatters the crap out of Forte, right? I mean, I think we can agree on that, that, that he put Mage away in this race, and Mage put that entire field away in the Kentucky Derby. So you've got to take that as a plus. The distance shouldn't be an issue, so that's not a big deal with Forte. Um, I don't think the injury is serious. The horse was working out the week after it happened, so I'm not as concerned around the injury uh, as I think other people are. I would toss Forte at your own risk. I mean, to me, this is this is a serious contender in this race. Uh, he is the best pleasure in this race. Um, sorry, Tappet Trice, who I know Ooh. a lot of people really <laughs> like, uh, but he is the best pleasure in this race. The question for him is going to be trip as well. Uh, where is he going to sit? Is he going to be close to pace further back? I mean, they went 110 here. That's why you saw Mage and Forte so far off it. But like this closing kick here, I don't think can be ignored. I mean, when you watch this, that's the Kentucky Derby winner that makes the lead. And Forte makes him look like he's standing still the final 16th of this race. So to me, it's one of those like, hey, I, I can't just completely disregard Forte because this horse also likes to win. And that's what you're seeing right here, right on the screen right now. He sees yeah. his mark. He goes, he gets him and he doesn't stop when he gets him. He wins by a full length when it looked like he was barely going to get up. So I, I would chuck Forte here at your own risk. Uh, Kevin B brings up a good point uh, for, for him. Says, cannot take Forte at 9-5 to five or 8-5 to five as a win bet. So what 
if you think Forte is a, is a strong contender and somebody wanted to bet him, what's the lowest odds you would recommend somebody take him to win? I would need to see the post position draw before I can say that, like with certainty, pre post position draw. Like if I was looking at a futures market, I wouldn't touch anything under three to one. Well, especially futures wise, we're five days, six days out. I can't yeah. do that right now. Yeah, five or six days out from the race. Things uh, can happen, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll find oh. out. Uh, Shadi wants to know can a violence let's get 12 furlongs? I mean, a mile, can any horse get a mile and a half? It's hard to say. This horse is. A lot of people thought he could get a mile and a quarter, no problem. He got a mile and an eighth right here uh, with relatively no problem with a pretty sharp time. And again, beat your Kentucky Derby winner by a length, caught, reeled him in to do it. Like, uh, Forte, can you get uh, a mile and a half? Uh, well, violence horses can do anything, first off. So let's just, let's just <laughs> quit it. Uh, generally, no. Violence horses don't want a mile and a half. But yeah, I would say generally no there. Um, Forte, by the way, plus 225 overseas right now. So is your favorite at plus 225. Angel of Empire, your second choice at plus 350. Archangelo, 6 to 1. I'll go off. I'll, I'll read off the odds as we go through it here. Um, but yeah, I, look, Forte makes a lot of sense in this race. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's bet because of everything that's happened over the last two months. I uh, uh, A great point here from Nick. Nick thinks he's going to be a lot closer to the lead. Uh, that Florida Derby race replay that we just watched, he broke from post 11. There was no way in hell I read was going to burn the shit out of that horse early going to that first turn to try and get up. He took back and saved ground. I think Forte can be more forwardly placed. And we saw what I read did with Blazing Sevens and the Preakness. He put that horse a lot closer to lead when he looked at the, the he looked like what we did and said, hey, there's not a lot of pace in this race. We put my horse a little bit closer. So Forte, especially if that's the angle, and again, we'll see what the post position draw is, but... Um, if it looks like Forte would be able to sit closer to the pace a little bit from where he's posted, like he drawn right outside National Tre excuse me, National Treasure, uh, look out. He's going to be he's going to be quite he's a horse that admittedly I was very keen on trying to beat in the Kentucky Derby. I'm starting to think he might be interesting for the Belmont. Uh, I don't know if this stat is true. I just saw it pop up here, but I'm going to assume that the Russman 8-2 is not a liar. The the Russman. I apologize. Uh, he says two-year-old champs are 13 for 13 in the money in the Belmont Stakes since 1950. Um, that's a hell of a stat if it's true. I would, I want it to be somebody, somebody out there while we're doing the live show, do the math on that. Let us know. <laughs> I, I would be, I would be surprised if Forte's not in the money in this race. It would be, yeah, it, it would be a case where like that foot issue that, uh, kept him out of the Derby, um, ends up keeping him, you know, hindering him. And you would think again, that they're not going to let that happen. So let's watch the wither stakes here. We'll talk about hit show, uh, for Brad Cox. Um, one of two horses he has coming, uh, aimed, sorry, one of three, second of three after Angel of Empire. Um, boy, he had a really rough, we're watching the Withers because the Wood Memorial was just uh, a really rough spot for him. He's saving ground, mid-pack, kind of the same trip Angel of Empire uses to win uh, in his races. His show was a horse that you really liked to hit the board in the, in, for the Super in the Kentucky Derby. Freaking disarm kept you from hitting that. You should have had it. A great effort there, but what do you think about Hit Show for the Belmont? I think he's very logical here. Um, we're talking about who's going to press the pace. Where is other speed going to come from? Hit Show has some of that speed. He can be sitting a lot closer to the pace than some of these contenders. If they go slow, if they go 24-48, he'll be right there with National Treasure. Um, and look, he has not done anything wrong, really. When you go back and you watch his races, we talk about the Withers going a mile and an eighth. Uh, that race, I'm sorry, the Wood going a mile and an eighth, 
he was drawn outside the 13 hole, ended up breaking 12 out of 12, was five wide on the first turn, played bumper cars down the lane, still put in a good effort there. I thought he ran a really good race in the Derby, just comes up short for fourth place there. I, I don't think that you can completely ignore him. And right now the board agrees. He is uh, six to one as your co-fourth choice with Archangelo right now. Ooh, I love the way that he, uh, by the way, that you were right. The weather is also a mile and an eighth because Aqueduct mile and an eighth, mile, mile and an eighth for their prep series. Um, he reeled in Arctic Arrogance who, you see how much farther ahead he is of our old buddy General Banker in third. Uh, but he, he gets past him very quickly and, and just keeps extending. And he's got a he's got the pedigree that says he should be able to handle a mile and a half, no problem. So uh, that's pretty good. Real quick, I do want to go back. Uh, the, the Rust Man says that uh, he, the research is legit. He did it for someone else. So glad to hear that. And uh, Curtis Manlow says the favorite hasn't finished off the board in the Belmont since 2016 with Exaggerator. So if you like Forte... You really got to like that. If you're shoddy, you really don't like those stats because shoddy and Davey are leading the fantasy league and the only one that can beat him is if Forte wins the Belmont. So they're really hoping uh, that that doesn't happen for him. Uh, let's talk next about Il Miracolo, a horse that has not finished better than fifth in any single graded stakes try, but he's coming off of this race at Gulfstream uh, back on May 11th. It was an allowance. He was the longest shot on the board in the morning line and he goes off as the heavy favorite. Can't figure out what the hell happened there. He's even money uh, with these horses. Uh, I think the morning line was just quite bad uh, because of their people betting his back class. But he also ends up getting the job done. But again, Mike, he hasn't made any mark at all in any graded stakes race on the Derby Trail or even the Mucho Macho Man, which isn't graded. How is he going to do in the Belmont? Seems like another one to know early. Um, this might be one of your pace contenders here. As you can see, he went 24 flat, essentially 23 and 4 there for the opening quarter here in this, this race at Gulfstream. I don't think he can win from off the pace, so I think he becomes a pace contender here with National Treasure. And I think the draw is very important here for El Miracolo, ironically not listed right now on the odds board uh, overseas. <laughs> but he can go 46 to the half. And if this horse draws inside, there is one way for him to try and win the race, and that's to put the screws to national treasure early. I think he's one of the key factors from a pace perspective early. I don't think he's around late though. Uh, this is always kind of a fun when we talk about best horse to finish last says Jason Shepik. He's going to toss him. I think, especially if the scenario you just described, Mike plays out, you don't go head to head with a Bob Baffert horse going two turns on the dirt and expect to hold on. He also right there. He was very late to change his leads. He was almost at the 16th pole uh, pretty much when he finally changed his leads and that, Sometimes to me it says a horse is a little tired and a little wonky. So, real quick, yeah, too. I, I, I have no interest in Il Miracolo. Nice horse, a gun, a very nice bred horse, Gunrunner Colt. Um, Antonio Sano is a trainer I respect. He was uh, a simplifications trainer. If you guys remember him from a couple years ago, just I don't have any interest in this horse. No, like I said, know him early, forget him late. Uh, real quick, a lot of people asking in the chat, you're afraid Forte will be scratched again after a stumble in the workout. Uh, that's not why I'm afraid, but yes. <laughs> um, it's not great, but I will say this. After the stumble at Kentucky, immediately there were rumors. There are no rumors right now. So like, in, we won't report anything that we hear unless we 100% know it's true. And I think we all heard things Wednesday and Thursday about Forte before it was general knowledge. Uh, and I, I have not heard anything yet. I don't know if you have magic. Um, yeah. So as of this point, uh, no real concern out of it. Obviously, you'd rather he didn't stumble. Um, but not something that uh, is, at this point, any concern for the weekend. I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, yeah, I've, I'm not, I'll go back to this because we're talking about the Pletcher horse. Cash LA Surf says, Magic being a biased big-time Baffert hater, which is not untrue, 
Um, well, I, I take I, I take failed. I take offense to the bias because you are not biased. You you hate. Oh, I have reason for yeah. I'm not yeah. biased. I have reason for hating him, and there's they're factual. Yes, there are a bunch of positives that line that up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, my thoughts on Pletcher's failed test with Forte. Having to make comments about that. Um, you should see our group chat. You're not going to, but our group chat uh, was just an endless tirade from not just myself, all of us. Like it's, and it shouldn't be surprising, but it's freaking ridiculous that uh, something that happened in September we're finding out about after the Kentucky Derby. Like that's, I'm very mad about that. Um, the drug overage, from what I understand, and I'm not a vet, from what I read, it wasn't necessarily a performance enhancing drug. It wasn't um, something that was part of the Kentucky Derby. He didn't fail any tests leading up to that. They test them very rigorously for that race. Um, and for the Breeders' Cup as well. Breeders' Cup out of competition testing was happening too. So um, all of that to say, yeah, it was, you know, it's shitty. It's shitty when any trainer has that. Um, do I think that Pletcher, like a lot of the top trainers, pushes the rules? Yes. Do I think he blatantly tries to juice up his horses and cause them to have heart attacks on the track, like maybe some white-haired rats in California? No, I don't believe all of that. So, uh, but thank you for, I, I appreciate I genuinely mean this. Thanks for asking me about that. I know that uh, my opinion of Baffert is very strong and uh, there was another top end trainer that was called into question. Speaking of Baffert, let's talk about National Treasury. He won the Preakness Stakes, drew the rail. And if he draws the rail for the Belmont, uh, we could have a very, very, very similar situation. What we're seeing here, uh, Johnny V puts him right on the lead. And that was that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a genius ride by Johnny V. If you want to just go back, like, real quick, we, I mean, we talked about this before. Mage breaks as well as anybody, and Johnny V goes out to the four path, goes right to, to coffee with Chris's hip, and kind of forces Mage back, and that really ends up being the difference in the race in my mind because Mage probably should have taken right to him. And as you can see, v, Johnny He's looks over his shoulder there. He looks right there. He, you saw him look. And he just squeezes him out, and, and Castellano didn't force Mage into that hole early, and that – may very well have been the difference in the race because it's it's very difficult for Mage to be able to come back from where he is at this point in this race. Thought he ran, oh, not as good as the dirt. He ran okay, uh, but right, kind of behind the eight ball. This I, is interesting because sure. I don't think there's a world he goes 24 and is that loose, right? I mean, National Treasure is absolutely loose here. And I'm not sure he gets this good of a trip because of Il Miracolo, uh, because of Hit Show, possibly tap his shoes. So the question really is going to be this draw. Because if he draws the outside, I, I think it's going to be a different story. If he draws the inside, Johnny V is going to put him in the four path again and try and just outbreak everybody and then slow it down. And that's exactly what he did here. So am I concerned about the mile and a half? If he goes 49-115, not at all. Uh, <laughs> You know, so that, and yeah. that's really going to be the big question is, is what is the pace? What does he draw? Um, he's got to be considered a wind threat. He's got to be considered a horse that can take this field gate to wire. Uh, this is a good effort. Um, makes me wish Cave Rock was still running because, man, he would have smoked his ass. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, don't bring I, I, that horse up. Never I, again. That you bring up Cave Rock on this show, I might ban you. <laughs> Not oh, well. you personally, but I'm talking to the chat. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's interesting because this is another one that's not listed on the on the overseas. Or I'm sorry, it's listed on the overseas market, but it's six to one with Hit Show and Archangelo. Uh, I would say he's going to be lower than six to one on race day. So if you like National Treasure, I would recommend looking for some uh, fixed odds earlier rather than later. Um, I like too here. You see the National Treasure show with Blazing Sevens kind of banging on him a couple of times a little bit there. He likes a fight, and he's looking at the horse like you get your ass back, and then kind of pulls ahead for the for that head victory. Um, 
I want to watch the gallop out here because there's comments that people saying that he Johnny V couldn't really pull him up. Here's the thing about National Treasure that I don't understand, and I've gone back and looked and couldn't find info. If you guys in the chat know, if you're listening on replay, tell me in the comments section. They kept going blinkers on, blinkers off, blinkers on, blinkers off. Blinkers on, this horse has been in his best. Every single race that's been good, I'm sorry, that's been with blinkers on has been better than every single race with blinkers off. He's got blinkers on here. They're keeping it on for the Belmont. I think as long as this horse keeps wearing blinkers, that's a huge part of it that helps him focus. It's Some horses it's not great for, but yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot simpler than that. I think getting the lead is what National Treasure needs. I mean, we talked about this before the Preakness. He's never been in the lead since his maiden breaking score. And now he gets to, to be in the now he got to be in the lead in, in the Preakness, and this is what you saw. It's a heck of a lot harder to pass National Treasure than it is for National Treasure to pass you. He doesn't he's not one of the horses that wants to run someone down. But if he's out front and he is loose, he's dangerous. Shoddy. He shoddy. <laughs> Damn it, Shoddy, I warned you don't do that. Shoddy's on Shoddy's in timeout. <laughs> she mentioned Natty. Or no, Cave Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I warned you, Shoddy. Uh, that, listen, the, the Russ man brings a great point. Baffert never puts a horse in the Belmont unless there's a crown on the line or there's a horse is really serious here. And I think this horse is a, is a serious threat. Uh, but again, the, the, excuse me, the post draw is going to be very, very key for that one. Uh, we have, like I said, we have no raised cane, so we're not going to talk about him. Let's talk about two horses at once here. We'll look at the bathhouse row stakes, uh, at Oakland. Uh, this guy, this is the race that got Red Route 1 into the Preakness Stakes, uh, where he ended up finishing fourth. And then uh, you also had Tappet, sorry, Tappet Shoes, uh, who very nearly won this race. And is a, a team that, a fantasy team that formerly owned Tappet Shoes and dropped him because we got a little bit gambly, a little bit greedy. Uh, I was, my butthole was clenched for this. I was like, please God, do not win this race because we just dropped a horse going to the Preakness for nothing if that was the case. <laughs> Wouldn't have been wonderful. When, this is a horse I actually really liked when we drafted him. Uh, I thought it had a ton of talent. It's still goofy as all get out, and that's been the problem with Tappet Shoes more than anything else. We'll see if he's uh, it kind of grows up a little bit more. Tappet Sire's obviously done very, very well uh, in the Belmont. That's been something that I know a lot of people talk about. They don't win the Derby. They do win the Belmont. I think that Tappet Shoes probably can't win, right, but could hit the board. Like That, mm -hmm. to me, is, is kind of the upside here. He's, he's a trifecta, superfecta, underneath type horse. Uh, would need to run the race of his career to win the race, but I think if a couple don't run their A game, his A game is good enough to get up and, and spice up the triple. Uh, Tappet Shoes in this race. Red Route won the four horse uh, way in the back of the screen, but not in last. Uh, ends up winning this race. They're both going to the Belmont Stakes. And I feel like, Mike, a classic, uh, a classic mistake is that uh, handicappers will say, well, going a mile and a half, that's a race set up for closers. Usually that closing kick doesn't explode as well going a mile and a half here. So uh, what do you think about Red Route 1's chances? Because he has possibly the best closing kick of any horse in the crop. He just leaves himself with way too much to do, and he kind of needs a pace collapse. Third, fourth, probably his ceiling here? Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the problem with Red Route 1. This is the field he beats. Victory okay. formation. Like this is this is who he beats. He doesn't beat good horses, right? He, he he's a, this is your classic grade three Middle America Derby three year old that gets hype because he likes to win races from other that he, he likes to win races against worse horses and he runs well almost every single time to come up and take some checks, but he's not good enough to beat the grade one levels at his age group. So I think he has zero shot at winning the race. Um, 
you mentioned that the closers, it's tough when you're going a mile and a half to have the same kick that when you're going shorter. It's also tough to have the same kick when you're going slower early, when the horses up front are going slower early because they've got something left in the tank as well. And just because you close doesn't mean more distance is going to be a positive from a pedigree standpoint. I think Red Route 1's ceiling is top three, maybe top four, and it's probably going to be over bet. Uh, because of the races we have on paper and the fact that he's a closer and it's Asmussen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably a horse I'm going to leave off my tickets. I think so, too. Maybe bottom of the superfecta at best. I, of the two horses, I think Tappet Shoes is the one I would um, I would want to use. Uh, but he's also improving. And we, we drafted Tappet Shoes. He's, he's very wonky. You can even watch him here. He's a little wacky. He gets the lead and kind of sits... He doesn't keep going past victory formation. It almost makes you wonder if he had, if the jockey had waited a little bit longer, uh, would he have gotten there? Man, every time I see that replay, I think he still ended up winning that race. <laughs> um, but I, he has the running style, being a lot closer there uh, to the pace. To be successful, he has a better chance of being successful with this running style than Red Route 1 does, which I think is what you were saying as well. So, uh, But a half-brother to Cyberknife, he's by Tappet. Tappets love to win the Belmont. So you've got that going for you. But speaking of tappets, there is another tappet we could talk about uh, over here. And that is Jared's favorite horse. A lot of people's horse to win the Belmont from about three months ago. Uh, tappet Trice. Talk to me about Tappet Trice. I get it. I do. Um, I mean, horse still needs to grow up. Like you're, we're going to watch a Toyota Bluegrass, and he's staring at the crowd down the lane when he's flipping back and forth between leads, and he's got to go buy a horse still. So... I think there's issues. Um, the key, too, is like you watch Saez ride this horse. The, he's full out hustling the horse out of the gate, and he's in, he's in seventh. And the, like you can see he's getting funky inside horses, and then he's going to have to swing him out wide so he gets loose into room. Uh, this is one of those horses where Saez is the perfect rider for him. As you can see, he is still gunning him, and we are over a quarter into the race. Uh, oh, by the way, he's still riding him uh, so that he can make a middle move. Uh, like... <laughs> Last under the wire at the Derby called it. Uh, anyway, um, he, he's just one of those horses that, like, there's a boatload of talent here. There's still not the full mental capacity to meet that talent yet. And I'm interested to see what the price is. Like, like to me, that's that's going to be a big cure. Like, he's a logical contender. He can win the race. He can hit the board. I kind of feel like he's going to get over bet and he's slow. Like he's just slow. And that's a problem, especially yeah. early. Now a 10 horse field, if he draws like the six post, that's a positive for him. He wants to be six, seven, eight, or nine. I would say he wants to be the outer half of the field. So he's not caught inside when he's going to be a slow donkey early. Um, and then if, if he gets loose, he's dangerous and yeah, he should like the distance. Um, I didn't love his closing kick in the Belmont, but to me, the other thing with the Belmont issue or the um, his closing kick of the Derby, other issue with the Derby on him is that like you saw how unathletic he is at this point. He can't get stopped. If he gets stopped, he can't get it going again. And look at him looking at the stands here. It always pisses me off. He's like staring at the stands still. And like you see Sai is trying to straighten him out. And every time he does, he goes back and starts looking at the stands again. And it's just like you can tell his head hasn't caught up to the talent. This is a horse who if he gets better out of the gate, if he learns how to get his, his, his talent level up and kind of focus on what's going on, he's really dangerous. Am I willing to find out at four to one in a mile and a half race against some really good horses? I'm not sure. That to me is, is the big question mark. Uh, Curtis Mallon, I think, makes a great point. If he draws outside, he's got it. I wouldn't say huge chance. He definitely has a better chance than if he's inside because of what you said. I mean, Sai is trying to just push him and push him and push him. And how about this middle move? Because I just see, like, right here, I timed that perfectly. He ranges right up. 
they're also Gormana Nathan. He's got a couple of horses in front of him that really just one of them's uh oh shit, I forgot. Verifying. I almost said victory formation. Verifying, uh, who fought with him pretty well, but yeah, verifying he nailed it. That horse just cocks his head to the stands and is all over the place. Some people think he's performing or gigging for the crowd. Uh, I say he's just a knucklehead that, that really blinkers would help him, but yeah, you don't want to put blinkers on. A, well, blinkers for the Derby is a no-no. Blinkers for the Belmont, screw it. Maybe that would have been a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if they tried it in the morning. That would probably be where you try it first, right? You put blinkers on him, see how he responds to it. But even here, like, he should be verifying by three lengths, right? I mean, like, yeah, verifying got a good trip, but he has all the momentum. He's the better horse. He wants the distance. Verifying doesn't, and he just... He's kind of loping, and like what I liked about him down at Tampa, it was that like the huge kick that you saw. He doesn't break, and then he just sweeps around him and just winds, unwinds down the middle of the lane and beats the crap out of him. And it's like that's what I wanted to see here—not a grinded out victory over Verifying. Who and they went 13 seconds the final quarter. It's like they went 112 and they went 150. So they they were slow coming home. So. I, I don't know. I'm probably not betting him. I'm probably leaving him off my multi-tickets. Yeah, he can hit the board, but I, I don't think at the price he's worth it. Well, that leads me to what I was going to ask you here, and I think I, you just gave the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Angel of Empire, Forte, Tappet Trice. You can only use two. You leave one off. Is it Tappet Trice? Oh, yeah. That's an easy. That's easy. <laughs> Angel of Empire and Forte are better horses mentally and maybe not talent-wise. Mentally right now, they are both better horses. Um I mean, I'm not going to knock Saez, but Saez is the third best jockey, too. And, and like, there, he is also most... Irad and Flavian, he's the third best of those three. Um, I mean, Flavian is probably toss-up. Irad's the best jockey in the world right now. I, 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 I won't hear otherwise. Um, unless he's being put up over my horse on Saturday at Belmont. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, look, he can win. It's the, the there is just too many question marks, and the, you know I may change my mind here if our, if El Miracolo draws the one, Tapachus draws the two, and National Treasure draws the seven, and all of a sudden all three of them are going. Yeah. That's a positive, right? I mean, but you you really need the right setup if you're going to if you're going to kind of go with uh, if you're going to go with Tapachus here because he he's goofy still, he's slow early, he he needs to be quarter horsed at that. Um, I love the the. I know I, we got a big debate going about Saez's placement now. I mean, clearly, Irad's won. I don't think you can argue that, right? And I, you, you, I'm sorry, but like, Irad is better than Saez. I wish there was a way. Uh, I can't even remember what it was called. It used to be back when I followed uh, NASCAR. There used to be um, this like circuit of cars where. Uh, they were all stock cars that were held and controlled by the same people and you didn't get to work on them. You didn't have your own crews. You literally just, they put the drivers in the cars. They're supposed to be identical. And it was drivers from Indy, from Formula One, from NASCAR, from dirt racing. So it was supposed to be the best of the best to really kind of show who were the best drivers. Now they're still doing dirt ovals and stuff. So I'm like, or, or paved ovals. So I'm like, I don't know if we're really showing off everybody's true skills here. But my point is, I wish we had something like that in horse racing because I read, I would say, gets better mounts than any other jockey and deservingly Agreed. so he's shown why he should get them because he there's a reason usually yeah <laughs> doesn't screw them up correct but how often do you sit here yelling at the screen at something irad did wrong versus something saez did wrong saez to me makes every right decision and almost never makes a, a mistake where you go god you cost me the race saez irad sometimes it just feel like he likes to dick around out there 
I would love to know how many times you have Irad bet and have Saez bet. Because I bet it's two to one Irad. And so you're, of course, going to be in situations. Yeah, no, I know. The, the chat is amazing right now. <laughs> Kevin B., great comment there. Uh, but like most people, and, and I also would agree that uh, you don't have very much uh, value on Irad either. I mean, that, that is definitely a problem when you're betting him. But look, if I had a horse in a race and I got to pick my jockey, I would pick Irad. I think most people would. <laughs> I, like, that's the thing. Um, now, Saez, you could argue, is a better value from a betting perspective. And I do love how he rides for speed on a lot of horses, especially in races that are paceless. He's one of the jockeys that, that picks up on that. Um, but, I, I mean, I, to me, Irad is, is a clear number one. And I, like, and I get it. I get it. And I could, I could hear the Saez Pratt arguments. I could. Um, especially on dirt. I think you could make that argument. But, I, yeah. To me, Irad is one, and, and I would put Pratt two, Saez three, but I could hear why people would say Irad, Saez, Pratt. Uh, this is a great comparison from Chris Manlow. Irad is Peyton Manning, wins a lot, but he costs you big when he doesn't. That's a good point. That's a mm -hmm. good point. I, I'm, the number of times the people in the chat, myself and you, have been single to Irad is exponentially more than the number of time any of us have been single to Saez. That's true. And Rob brings up a great point. Wesley Ward is, is taking Irad. To Royal Alaska. He's not taking Luis Saez there. So that's. We're talking America. Uh, you bring in the Europeans. William Buick is right up there as, as, as well. That's a good point. But again, William Buick rides first call for Charlie Appleby, who gets the world's best Godolphin horses on turf. So well, there's also that to consider. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, like you, you knock Ira, well, he gets really good mounts. Flavian Pratt got really good mounts in California. When, when, when Saez is in Florida and the Ortiz brothers aren't there, guess who gets really good mounts as a massive win percentage, right? Like, yeah, a big part of this is getting the best horse. That, that makes a difference. But a big part of it is not screwing it up when you do. Right, Rosario? <laughs> uh, yeah, just somebody make sure Irad gets his coffee when he goes in the Ascot Gate this year. <laughs> uh, that's good. Man, This is, I cannot believe this, is the, this was the most heated conversation by far in the chat. Was, was who's was the better jockey between Irad, Saez? Not too many people sticking up for Pratt. That's okay. Was uh, Pratt's? I, I I'm a Pratt lover. It's uh, you know he's he's. There's nothing wrong with a bronze medal. You're still better than everybody else who's competing. You're just two other people beat you. That's all. Swing, swing, tent pole. There you go, Magic. Just for you. I mean, you find me a picture of uh, of Lloyd Christmas or Louise Saez to look that good in a, in just a towel. Like you can't. I'm sorry. You just can't. <laughs> Uh, I think we Shadi is back, but I think Shadi's Shadi's very much a Pratt lover. Uh, I think we just we might have killed Shadi with all this Pratt love here. <laughs> uh, this is fantastic. Yeah, uh, man, I love you guys. This is. Uh, uh, I listen. I'm not going to comment on that, Kevin. We're just going to yeah, we're going to let. The reason go. the camera's pointed there, not not in any other direction. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this was so great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be back on Tuesday, tomorrow, June 6th, uh, at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern for the post-draw. Uh, you can watch that on uh, the Naira feed, on Naira's YouTube channel. But if you choose to do so, and don't blame you, put it on mute. Pull us up as well because you know that uh, we're going to be giving out uh, tons. Of, if you liked this show, just throw in Aaron and maybe Jared as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Like Ed Burke says, it, you're going to wonder how it's free. It's uh, We love doing that for you. <laughs> 
yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, baseball plays for tonight. Someone asked that there. Uh, I like the Cubs plus 155. If anyone wants to play that out there, uh, like Astros, Blue Jays over 10. And the red starting pitcher, Aaron Abbott, has a 15K per nine in minors. His strikeout prop is five and a half. I like over on that tonight, too. Sweet. I haven't looked at baseball. I, I, I look Wednesday through Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. I try to take off to give my brain a refresher. And it's like I'm starting to think I need to take Sundays off because that's the only time I get I get a loss with these best bets. So yeah. maybe I need to take Sundays off. For... You can't do that anymore. CFL opening weekend, Magic. We got CFL Sundays back, baby. Yeah, but if I'm going to be selling CFL picks, do I want to give away... There's only one game a day. I can't give away my. I can't give it away on dudes who bet daily. Then why would you try and, and buy my pick? I don't know. Whatever. Sure you can. <laughs> uh, darts or cricket? Um, darts. I've I've tried so many times to try and understand cricket. I don't get it. It it's it's baseball, but it, it's like it's, it's like you tried coming up with baseball as a sport on your own while you were in a tilt-a-whirl. It just, none of it makes any sense to me. Doesn't it take like a year to play a game too? Yes! Like that's the other issue for me. Oh, Rob brings this up. Yeah. Uh, over First period, over goal and a half. I bet it. I bet over five and a half to two. I would sprinkle the Panthers if you want to side, but don't love it. Um, still like the series to go over five and a half. You can get that at plus 145. Over five and a half games. Okay, I was uh, yeah, I was, uh, thanks for clarifying. I wasn't sure if you meant the game to go over five and a half. Uh, over five and a half. Well, at this point, I think I might have to take it. I said Panthers in five. Can they win four straight? They can. I don't think they will. Uh, six. I think Panthers in six is more likely now. Panthers in seven. Uh, we'll get out of here with one last question from Vicky Fell. You, Vicky mentioned this earlier, and I forgot to bring it up because uh, you were talking about if you train the horse, who do you want to ride? It's Irad. If Irad's your rider, who would you choose to train? That is impossible to answer because I would need to know the horse. I would pick someone different if I want to win a Kentucky Derby. I'd pick someone different if I wanted to win a, if I had a grass horse, if I had a dirt horse. Uh, across the board, Todd Pletcher is probably the best trainer in America. I will, that, that would be the answer. And I, I would agree with you where uh, he has positives, pushes the envelope, but not overly egregious like some other trainers, right? Yeah. Well, I also, I it's it, it's still fresh. It's still early, but Todd Pletcher hasn't gone on a national uh, circuit spree blaming cancel culture for why Forte failed a positive for the race in September. So there's. I, I will say, I, I would echo your sentiment. It's absolute bullshit that we find out about it now. I mean, and because again, there were rumors after it happened that someone was positive, but no one really heard anything about it. and It kind of went away. So like. The fact that it took so long is one of the problems. Like, you just need to, to, to just get in front of this shit. Be transparent. Like, I don't understand why we're messing around with this and let lawyers tie shit up for eight months. When, like, okay, you know what? Fine. He gets stripped of the race. It wouldn't have been any issue for the rest of his season. He could have still run in the Breeders' Cup. Could have still run in the Derby preps. Would have been a non-story. Instead, it becomes a story because of your incompetence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fully agree. I was laughing because Mike Lowson said Jason Service is his trainer if you've got Irad as your jockey. So, <laughs> no. Hopefully they have a good training track in jail. Uh, oh, boy. He's got to be training for something else to be there. Uh, make sure you check us out tomorrow, Tuesday, June 6th, 1130 a.m. Eastern for the Belmont Stakes live post draw over at racingnews.com. You can pre-order the Belmont Stakes betting Bible 
Uh, if you bought the Kentucky Derby Betting Bible and you skipped the Preakness, I understand the Kentucky Derby Betting Bible, uh, Aaron and Jared, they went on record and said that was the worst they've ever done. And they made up for it in the Preakness. They, they made up for it in a big way. 73, 74% ROI for the Preakness Betting Bible. Um, so make sure you check out the Belmont Stakes Betting Bible. I, I, I almost promise, I almost promise that the Derby uh, Bible was an aberration. The Belmont Stakes Betting Bible, the wagering guides in the past, they've always done really well with this, uh, this day of racing. Um, so make sure you check that out. I, of course, you're watching the Magic Mike show, so you don't need to check that out yet, but you can subscribe to the podcast feed or to the YouTube channel through that link if you haven't yet. Uh, and then above that, you see the Peter Pan Belmont double. That's my quick little video comparing Archangelo with Tonalist and kind of taking a look. It, it's kind of crazy that both horses, Mike, made career start number four in the Peter Pan and then career start number five in the Belmont. So similar progression there. Uh, Tonalist had broken his maiden earlier and had faced winners before going to the Peter Pan, whereas Archangelo went straight from the maiden to the Peter Pan there. Uh, Aaron's got his Belmont Stakes Contenders latest news and updates. That is from last week, so it might be a little outdated at this point. And then some news on National Treasure and Red Route 1 getting their final works in today. Um, I did see on Twitter that Red Route 1 supposedly pulled up very abruptly at the end of his workout, but that was this morning. It's 4 p.m. on the West Coast. Uh, we haven't heard anything otherwise, so I would assume Red Route 1 is all systems go. But hey, we'll find out if and when he draws into the race uh, tomorrow. So again, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, really glad that you did spend your time with us. You could have been anywhere in the world. We're glad you chose to spend this moment with us. Uh, we'll be, yes? Before we go. Yes. We get asked the question, how can we be part of this show? More than almost any other question that we get. Thank you for remembering. <laughs> We're going to have so quick programming update. We're going to be on Wednesday, not Thursday, uh, for Belmont Week for the Magic Mike Show, covering the late pick five from Belmont. If you want to be part of the show, send in a 30-second to one-minute video of who you are picking in the Belmont Stakes. We're going to be playing these on Wednesday during the Magic Mike Show. We'll play them on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday during Dudes Who Bet Daily, as well as during the Belmont Stakes uh, live stream that we'll have on Saturday. So send us your picks on a video, 30 seconds to one minute to contact at racingdudes.com and you can be part of the Magic Mike Show with your Belmont picks. Yeah, if you remember, uh, you don't have to be as elaborate as the video that Shadi made for her uh, practical move pick, which I, I really wish the horse had run just because of that <laughs> that video that Shadi made. It was, it was so great. Uh, but yeah, give us a little 30 second to a minute, like uh, Mike said, rundown of why you like it. Send it to contact at racingdudes.com. Um, it's attach it as a, as a Google file, as a Google Drive file. I know some people had issues sending. So just, yeah, just attach it as a file. We'll download it. I'll let you know if I was able to accept it and uh, confirm it. And uh, we'll put it on the show. Um, I am watching them before they go up. So don't try and sneak anything uh, illicit past us. Although there's really very few things you could try and put in there that we wouldn't let on the show anyway. So have fun with it. Let us know. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He's at Samabom18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at racing underscore dudes. Hell, like Kevin B says, it can be a 30 to 45 second video of you describing why Pratt is so handsome. I may put you on, hey, you know what? We'll save the best for last. So you may get put first, you'll probably be put last. I love it, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Until tomorrow for the Belmont States Live post draw at 1130 AM Eastern. I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And let's see if I hit the right button. We'll see you tomorrow. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.